0: degree of discouragement if you think God is going to answer every one of your prayers immediately. In fact, if been a Christian for longer than a week, you will discover God doesn't always answer instantaneously. In fact, some of you know that his timing always seems to be last minute. I don't know why he does that. I don't know why it is that there are moments that he brings us to the edge of anxiousness before he finally comes through. But there's something about that that builds our faith. And he's never late and he's always on time and he knows what he's doing. Part of long term praying is comes from the understanding that we often overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in the course of a decade. And during this time, I have actually begun to pray, Lord, because I am a, like a one-year, three-year, five-year type guy. I've got things set out where there's benchmarks that I hope to achieve both in my life personally and certainly in ministry that I like to achieve. But I've been feeling of the Lord that prophetically I need to begin to pray longer term as to what it relates uh, to His church and to the nation and to the world. And Lord, I just speak to my heart so that I can pray in a way that takes things out beyond what I can see with my own eyes because You can see it with Your eyes. And I'd like you to turn to Daniel chapter 10 because there's a wonderful passage here. And honestly, we're going to be going back to this passage next week because there's so much here. I'd like to start with verse 12. This is a conversation that Daniel is having with an angel. It says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince, of Persian, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet To come within this passage of scripture, can you imagine, first of all, what it would be like for you if somehow you were given a chance to talk to your guardian angel? I thought about that this week. I thought there have been times in my life when I kept that man or whatever he may be pretty busy. But here we see in this particular passage of Scripture, Daniel had a conversation that most of us would probably like to have. And in this short conversation, there are some things that are revealed to Daniel from heaven's point of view that he would never have known any other way. And it's certainly true of Daniel, and I can't help but wonder in this conversation if maybe he didn't have a little side thing about, hey, can you tell me what you were doing when we were in the lion's den? And can you just explain to me what you were doing in some of the different circumstances of our life? Because those would be conversations that I would like to have with my guardian angel. But like all angelic greetings, every time you see a place in the Bible where there is an angelic being having a conversation with a human, it always starts out the same. It starts out with, do not be afraid. The reason that is, is because the first thing that I am going to do, if an angel shows up in front of me looking like this angel showed up in Daniel, it's not going to be, hey, dude, how you doing, man? I'm going to be afraid. And he starts out this conversation by saying, don't be afraid. And then the angel reveals the realities of the spiritual realm in a way that is seen nowhere else in the whole Bible. And he begins to explain that we know that our our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but this encounter fleshes out what we often don't know that's going on behind the scenes when we pray. And the first thing that the angel begins to express to him is this, the importance of praying through, the importance of continuing on and pushing on, even when you don't think anything's happening. The second thing that is revealed here in this conversation is the angel reveals that there is a spiritual warfare that is waged beyond the curtain of our consciousness. And frankly, next week we're going to spend some time in this because it is so revealing, and I believe to us as believers it should be encouraging that we know that beyond what we can see there is a war going on on your behalf and on my behalf. And then the angel reveals the way in which prayers are processed. In fact, Daniel's prayer, it tells us, as he's uh, standing before Daniel, he says to him, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding. What I love about that is the angel indicated to him, before you even spoke the words of the prayer, as you were beginning to formulate in your mind what you wanted to say in prayer, the Spirit of God was already at work. Now, first of all, for those of you that pray while you drive, this is good news. It means you don't have to close your eyes when you pray. It means that as you begin to formulate, and remember we are told that we are always to be in an attitude of prayer, which means that... Your mind can be at prayer when everything else is going on around you. As you begin to think the thoughts of God, as you begin to think the thoughts of what's going on, instantly the Spirit of God leaps to your benefit and begins to formulate those things. He says, As you expressed it before it ever passed through your vocal cords, as you set your mind, we begin to be at work through your prayer. But it wasn't until the 21st day that he experienced a breakthrough because of the spiritual oppression that was taking place, an evil spirit that was known as the Prince of Persia resisted the call and was in warfare with heaven to keep the answer from coming. And I can't help but ask the counterfactual question. What would have happened if Daniel had stopped praying on the 20th day? What would happen in your life with the prayers that you're praying and the things that you're seeking if you stop praying One day too short, because there's a battle in the spiritual realm that's taking place that you don't know anything about, and you've assumed that God just doesn't care or that He said no. If you stop praying before the breakthrough, then you forfeit the miracle. And Daniel ranks as one of the most brilliant minds of the ancient world, one of the most brilliant minds that the ancient world has ever known. He was actually somebody that we would consider way before his time. He had an unusual appetite for philosophy, an unbelievable understanding of science, and he could explain riddles and solve problems unlike anyone in his generation. And no one could dream and interpret dreams like Daniel, but the thing that set him apart was not his IQ. The thing that set Daniel apart was the fact that he never stopped praying. Never stopped praying. Some of you wonder, what am I good for in the church? What are my gifts? What are my talents? What can the Lord use me for? I want you to know something. You may sense in your heart that there's not much you can do, even though that would be a lie from the enemy. But there's one thing that every one of us can do that affects not only your life, but affects the lives of others and affects our church and affects our community, our nation and our world. And that is that nobody can pray but you for you. Your prayers make a difference. Daniel didn't just pray when he was having a bad day. He prayed every day. He didn't just dial up 911 prayers when there's a medical emergency taking place at 33,000 feet. He prayed all the time so that when those times came, when it was needed, he already was prayed up and he had the power of God and he knew the mind of God and began to work within those areas. He had developed within his life a posture of prayer that led his life to become one of the most unusual in history Because how else does a prisoner of war become the prime minister of the country that took him captive in the first place, if it's not for the power of prayer? Daniel's ascendance defies political science, but it defines the power of prayer circles and what God can do when you invite God into the equation of your life and the things that are taking place. When that happens, all bets are off because God can do and will do anything He wants when we permit Him to in prayer. It doesn't matter whether it's in the locker room, the boardroom, the classroom. It doesn't matter whether you're practicing law or medicine or music or education. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. When you invite God into that in prayer, you have opened up a door by which He can begin to pour power in you and through you and use you in ways that you would never have dreamed possible. And it's all done through prayer. Listen to me for a moment. God has determined that certain expressions of His power will only be exercised in response to prayer. Simply put, there are some things that God has chosen that He will not do for you or through you or in our church unless we pray for it. That doesn't make sense to me that He would put such a power available to us and say, I, you, it will only be available if you pray for it. it will only, I will only do these things if you seek me for it and tap into it. All of the things that he wants to do. And he says, I'm not doing it unless you ask. There's an aspect of that that's rather frightening to me. Because I wonder what it will be like someday to stand before God and see a picture of everything that could have happened had I been more prayerful everything that would have happened, the miracles that we forfeited because we stopped praying too soon or we just didn't believe any longer. And he says this was only available if you prayed through till you got it. I pray that the life of Daniel would be similar to us or that we would be similar to him in the fact that we desire all that God has for us and we will pray until we get it because there were few people that prayed with more consistency or intensity than Daniel. And what makes his prayer so remarkable is as you read the chapter 10, this the entire context of this chapter, you will see that he was praying for something that wasn't going to happen for over 70 years. He knew that his dream of rebuilding Jerusalem would not be something that he saw within his lifetime, and yet he prayed for it anyway. I had a sense of what it might be like to pray long term on... A Sunday in January in 1981. It was the tradition of my family that we would gather together on Sunday afternoon and have dinner together. This was a particularly exciting day. Cindy was joining our family for dinner that particular afternoon. And as we sat down together before my dad started to pray for the meal, I said, I have an announcement to make family. I said, no, I know I asked in November, but it was finally January before my Cindy decided that, yes, she'd heard from God and that I was going to be okay. And she had accepted my proposal. And so I announced at that time, I said, I just want all of you to know that Cindy's going to be part of our family. She's agreed to marry me. And my sisters clapped, said "pass potatoes. My, uh, My dad was overjoyed, but it was my mom that stunned me. My mom backed out from her seat, walked around the table to where Cindy was sitting, asked her to stand up took Cindy in her arms and hugged her and stated to her, so you are the woman that I've been praying for all of my son's life. It's your face I've been seeing in prayer for 22 years at that point in time. And I remember, I I was already a blubbering idiot about that time anyway. But something began to settle in my heart about what it means to pray long-term prayers. And the joy of seeing those things happen. And Cindy and I decided back then that we, we would take that same tact with our own children. And so the moment that we discovered that we were expecting children, we began to pray for them and, and pray for their future, thinking, you know, Lord, you are knitting them together even right now, and you have already written a book for their life. And, and so we are just covering them in prayer right now, that whatever direction you would lead them, that, it would, that they would always be sensitive to you. And we begin to pray for their spouses. And we did this their whole lives. And especially when our kids were teenagers, recognizing that their spouses were teenagers also. And whenever they were going through difficult times, we prayed even harder, Lord, than whomever their spouse may be, we we understand there are going to be difficult days for them. So, Lord, protect them and keep them and keep them pure and keep them in Your will and keep them together, Lord God, in their own hearts and minds so that You can bring them together to see Your purpose done. And one afternoon as I was driving back into my driveway and Philip and, and Kara had been dating and he was in medical school and and they had come to spend the weekend with us and he was getting ready to drive back and I drove up and the headlights hit them and he's standing on our porch and he's got my little, he's about six foot two and he's got Kara who's five foot all wrapped up in his arms and I'm getting ready to lay on the horn. And so he grabbed my arm, and she goes, look, look, look what they're doing. And as I stood there in the driveway, I recognized that he had his arms around her and he is praying God's blessing over her while they are apart. And it was in one of those moments that I began to recognize this is the young man I've been praying for all of her life. I began to recognize a spiritual tone to him that I thought, okay, I can hand her hand into your hand because I recognize you want her heart spiritually before you did anything else. Recognized the moment when my son told me that he had found his girl, and he introduced Malia to us. And I be, begin to listen to her testimony of the things that were happening in her life during her teenage years, and how God had done a marvelous miracle that actually spared her life. And Cindy and I begin to joy, have joy, the fact that we may have participated in that, in praying long-term prayers over our kids, knowing that God was at work years, years before prophetically doing things. Parents, let me tell you something. If you have little kids, you better be praying for their spouse. Because there's a power to long-term prayers. Things that you may not even see. So don't ever stop dreaming. And don't ever stop praying. You just keep investing in a long-term prayer. And believe that God is at work on the other side. Another thing that was demonstrated to us in this passage of Scripture was that Daniel learned how to pray with urgency even when things weren't yet urgent. He learned to pray with urgency even when things were not yet urgent. Even when he knew that his prayers wouldn't be answered for 70 some odd years. He continued to pray with urgency. Now, some of you may be like me and and maybe a little bit more of a procrastinator type person. And, And if I had been Daniel, I probably would not have started praying with urgency until like 69 and a half years. Had gone by, and then, as they begin to see something rising up that you know is going to be a problem, well, now it 's time, but he had the ability to pray with urgency long before it was ever needed. He began to draw circles that were long, and he began to pray long prayers that seemed to frustrate the people around him, and he seemed to do it forever, even though he knew he wouldn 't see with his own eyes the answer to these things, but he knew he was being used of God, because if God really hears and God really tells, and God really moves on our behalf then our silence, even when we can't see things happening, is deafening to the Lord. For some of you today, you have circled the cancer and you have circled your children and you've circled the dream. For some of you, it's frustrating because it doesn't seem to be making a difference. And you're thinking, what do I do? Should I stop praying? Does this mean God has said no? And my advice to you is don't stop now. Keep praying. You don't know what God is up to behind the scenes. He's either changing you or He's changing the circumstance or He's doing both at the same time. But don't ever give up in prayer. We live in a culture that overvalues 15 minutes of fame and undervalues lifetime faithfulness to the things of the Lord. I grew up in a day and age where faithfulness really mattered to things. Being faithful to the Lord was important. Being faithful to His house was important. Being faithful to know that the Lord's day was the Lord's day and that was the most important thing was an important part of our lives. Some of you have grown up the same way. And today, there's so many things that take our minds and our attention and our schedule away from the Lord, but God still honors faithfulness. Sometimes God has plans for you to pray for things that you may not see but will only be accomplished if you will be urgent in prayer even when the situation doesn't yet seem urgent. The third thing this morning is being obedient while you wait for a miracle. This can be one of the most difficult things to do as a Christian, is to be patient, to be obedient, and to continue to pray and to continue to seek a miracle when it seems as if it's never going to happen. What do we do in those times when God seems silent? What do we do in those times when, regardless of our fervency, it doesn't seem that what we want to happen is happening? I read a story this week about a, nam, uh, a man by the name of Nick Vujicic. Actually, I had received a little magazine and I saw a picture of the front of it and I grabbed it because it looked interesting. And as I started to read his story, I did some quick research and came up with a couple of videos because he's a man that was born into a situation that needed a miracle people have prayed for him for his whole life for a miracle and I want to show you a couple of short videos of Nick Vujicic and what God is doing in his life
1: thank you very much nice to see you my name is Nick Vujicic and it's a pleasure to be with you so I have no limbs but I have my little chicken drumstick And. Uh, So it's like... You like that?
0: That would be really cool if I could get this and get some techno going like... Here we
1: go. Yeah! There you go, you like that? Is that cool? Beautiful. But honestly, along the way, you might fall down like this. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> <Hey-o>! <laughs> so what do you do when you fall down get back up everybody knows to get back up because if i start walking i'm not gonna get anywhere but i tell you there are some times in life where you fall down and you feel like you don't have the strength to get back up do you think you have hope because i tell you i'm down here face down and i have no arms no legs It should be impossible for me to get back up, but it's not. You see, I will try 100 times to get up, and if I fail 100 times, if I fail and I give up, do you think that I'm ever going to get up? No. But if I fail, I try again and again and again, but I just want you to know that it's not the end. It matters how you're going to finish. Are you going to finish strong? you will find that strength to get back up like this. My name is Nick Vujicic and I'm from the Ministry of Life Without Limbs. I hope you're having a great, great day and that your peace, love and joy is unending because God's love for you is exactly unending. Uh, there are times where you know God doesn't make sense and being brought up in a Christian home and hearing about the love of God, I didn't understand why my parents would say that God loves me just like everybody else, all the children of the world when all the other children I saw in my world had arms and legs and I was like well what happened Well, why did I get less and I prayed for a miracle and I believed that God can do miracles I believed as a child seen miracles still believe in miracles I have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he says yes to me uh, and that's the faith that I have but the goodness and greatness of my God and, and salvation that's the joy that will never ever be hindered and and my joy is is not dependent on my circumstance and so through my book Life Without Limits in the first chapter if you can't get a miracle become one came from the principle that I learned uh, as a child of when you don't have a friend be a friend Um, I used to think well God why can't you just separate the clouds of 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 this storm away why can't you just take me out of this uh, you know place that I'm in and change my circumstance change my circumstance But I realized in my life that if God doesn't change the circumstance, He'll use the circumstance. You know, no one knew what kind of life I would be able to live, and I never thought that I'd be able to do a double degree in accounting and financial planning. I never thought that God would be able to use me without arms and legs to be His hands and feet. I don't understand God. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, when my mom and dad said that God had a hope plan in the future, a plan to prosper me and not to harm me, I didn't understand that. Maybe that might be offensive to you right now. If I say God is perfect and He never makes a mistake if maybe you just lost a loved one. Or you're in a circumstance that, that does look harmful. You're in a circumstance that doesn't look like you're, you're in a position of prosperity. I want to tell you that I love you so much and, and God has a plan for you. I believe it's worse being in a broken home than having no arms, no legs. You can have arms and legs but be broken on the, on the inside. Don't be disabled by fear. About this miracle, when you're praying for, for, for a circumstance to change, you don't get a miracle, become one. And that, to me, came to just a beautiful revelation of, yeah, my parents said, Nick, God has a plan. I didn't know that God would let me meet a little boy with no arms and no legs. I didn't know that, that you know, when, when God doesn't, doesn't make sense, that He still has a perfect plan. I met a little boy with no arms and no legs. His name is Daniel Martinez. And I met him in California, and his mother hugged me. And then the first time we met and we locked eyes, I realized, wow, now I can be an older brother to little Daniel. Now God can use me to let him know that the miracle of trusting in God can be realized in his life. That's the beautiful thing about God, is knowing that what he says, he means, and what he means, he says. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God didn't change my circumstance, but use my circumstance to bring one more soul to the wonderful hope in Jesus Christ, I'll do it all over again. I want to tell you I love you. And God's got enough grace for you that when your circumstance doesn't look good, know that God is good and he will carry you through. I love you so much. God bless you.
0: Is that not incredible? Incredible. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I loved his line i got a pair of shoes in my closet just waiting in the event that God wants to heal my body. In the meantime, he says, if I want a miracle, then I want to become a miracle to others. Something about prayer that changes our focus from time to time. Some of you are in the middle of praying for great things. Some of you are in the middle of praying for difficult things. The delay of God or the silence of God has been hard. But through the middle of it, I want you to know that you can also become a miracle to somebody else. There are times when you will be able to pray with more sensitivity than anyone else because it's through your own hardship and own heartache that you're praying. I always found it amazing when there are people who have been going through cancer in their own lives and they're laying hands on others praying in the name of Jesus for their healing. There's something powerful about those that are going through the difficult times, praying for the miracle of others. I've even seen God do miracles as they're laying hands on others. And sometimes you walk back out of it and you're thinking, Lord, why why, and how and how did this all work? But God never encourages us to quit praying. He never encourages us to quit there's answers on the way and there's some things God won't do if we don't pray. I'm going to ask you to stand with me please. Lord, I pray that you would address the fear that comes within our own hearts when we have prayed for something once or twice or three times and, and we haven't seen an answer and so we begin to let it slide away. Or Lord for those who are going through difficult times and have others that say to them, hey, I'm praying for you, and recognize that when things don't change, we sometimes quit praying for their situation. And I ask that, Lord, You would begin to renew within our heart the desire to be persistent in prayer and to pray with urgency even when things don't seem urgent. Help help us, Lord, to develop a mindset of praying long-term praying, Lord, for our children, praying for those that begin to attend our church and that we don't know well, but God, just covering them in prayer, believing that You're going to be doing something in their life that will be worth all of the effort that we have given in prayer. Lord, there are some that are here today that are like Nick in the sense that they have prayed and had people pray for them for so many times about... God's going to do a miracle. Some of them have had people step to them and say things prophetically to them about what God is going to do and they haven't seen it yet. I pray, Father, that rather than focusing on what you haven't yet done, that we will focus on what we can yet do for you. And that we will learn to pray and be the miracle for others while you are working behind the scene to do what you need to do within our life. Father, throughout this week, I pray that you would begin to prepare our hearts with what you want us to do as a church and stepping out in faith and beginning to trust you more and to sacrifice some things within our own life as we begin next week to set out a plan for how we are going to fast and pray. I ask, Lord God, that you would encourage our hearts. Father, I thank you for what you've already done this morning and I thank you for what you're going.